T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is Issues 2021. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is meteorologist Mike Smith. Welcome to Issues 2021, Mike. It's my pleasure, Steve. Mike Smith is a former chief meteorologist for Channel 3, KSN here in Wichita, senior vice president of AccuWeather, Enterprise Solutions, author of two books, When the Sirens Were Silent, The Story of the Joplin Tornado, and Warnings, The True Story of How Science Tamed the Weather. And we have some catching up to do this morning. You and I haven't spoken for several years. Many of our listeners remember you when you were Wichita's KSN uh, TV. But you've been pretty busy the past few years. Well, we're going to get into that in a moment. But first, tell us about how and when you got into meteorology, Mike. I'd like to know about that. I got into meteorology at the ripe old age of five. <laughs> I, was, I was living in South Kansas City. And the Ruskin Heights tornado occurred on May 20th, 1957. We had debris in our yard. The kindergarten I was set to go to in a few months in September was destroyed by the tornado. And the next day, my mother drove me and my two brothers through ground zero. And the destruction, as you know, like Greensburg being an F5, was total it was amazing and i still remember the moment where i said to myself anything that could do all this had to be pretty interesting and i knew from that moment i wanted to be a meteorologist then where do you go to school to do that did you go to uh, where do you go to school? went to the university of oklahoma okay yeah and there's a weather there's a weather place to go right yes it, it's now the largest meteorology school in the country and it specializes in tornadoes and other extreme weather. You know, as you mentioned that tornado, I th- I think that that my family, we were, we were in Wichita, I think we were visiting my cousins in North Kansas City, and I remember being in the basement and listening to the radio, and and, and we may have been there when that, that big tornado was happening there in 1957, the same one you were and, listening and, to. And what makes that so interesting, Steve, is that was the first time what was then called the Weather Bureau, now the National Weather Service, issued what we would call today tornado warnings. Now, they did issue tornado watches in those days, but the Weather Bureau had a prohibition against issuing tornado warnings because they thought the panic would kill more people than the tornadoes. (laughs) But Joe Ogsley, and I talk about this in my book, Joe and I were friends for years. He's unfortunately passed away, but he was the Navy's meteorologist for the battles of Okinawa and Iwo Jima. 
And he said as he watched the radar and this terrible storm on radar approach Kansas City, he had this terrible pain in the pit of his stomach that was worse than anything he felt during World War II. Wow. How many years were you at Channel 3, Mike? I was at Channel 3 for 21 years. And where were you before that? I started my career at what was then WKY-TV, the NBC affiliate in Oklahoma City. Sure. Came to KSN in Wichita, went to KTVI in St. Louis for two years. Um, I decided to come back to Wichita because I wanted to start my commercial weather company, Weather Data Incorporated, uh, which I did starting in 1981. And then finally, in 1993, I took myself off the air because weather data was keeping me so busy that I just didn't have time for the television. And then um, in 2006, I sold weather data to AccuWeather, and I retired in 2018. But you know, Steve, it's, it's funny. I was walking into the doctor's office a week ago Friday, and a woman comes up to me and says, do I know you from TV? <laughs> so even though it's been uh, 20 years since I was on TV, people still recognize me. I want to talk a, bit, a little bit about an article you wrote for the Wichita Eagle in April about the Andover tornado of April of 1991. Can you give us a, a brief summary of that? Because uh, that was groundbreaking in some ways, I think. Well, that was a historic tornado. You can call it the last tornado before Doppler radar, or perhaps the first tornado of the Doppler radar era. The government had been trying for more than a decade to field a network of Doppler radars across the United States. And by coincidence, four days before the Andover tornado, they had installed one at Will Rogers Airport in Oklahoma City. And while it couldn't see all the way to Wichita, it could see what became the storm that caused the Wichita-Andover tornado as it formed in northern Oklahoma and produced a couple of small tornadoes in Harper County before it produced the big one near Clearwater. Now, meteorologists in Wichita, and I include Merrill Teller and the late Jim O'Donnell in this, had been telling people since Monday that we were going to have a bad tornado situation on Friday. Now, April 26, 1991 was a Friday. And that, again, was groundbreaking because in those days, there was an unwritten rule in meteorology that was Thou shall not tell people there's a, going to be a tornado more than 24 hours in advance. But this, this looked so ominous, we went ahead and did it. We felt people needed to be informed and change their plans accordingly. I went to work that day utterly sick to my stomach. I just knew it was going to be a bad day, and sure enough, it turned out to be. But there's some good news, Steve. A study by the Centers for Disease Control conducted immediately after the Andover tornado shows that those warnings saved more than 70 lives. Hmm. That was historic. 
I want to I want to talk a little little bit about the uh, Joplin tornado because uh, you've written about it. What what is what, yes. what was what was significant about that that tornado in Joplin? Well, of course, the tenth anniversary was yesterday, and the Joplin tornado was a very powerful tornado that went through a densely populated area, which is sort of meteorologist nightmare. While the tornado warning system has been a huge success, it failed the people of Joplin that day. In fact, I was reading an article in the Joplin Globe last week that talked about some of the warning system failures, how people didn't know what was coming. Unfortunately, the emergency management had a policy that if any part of the county was in a tornado warning, they sound the tornado sirens for the entire county. That's the way it used to be here in Sedgwick County, but it's not that way now. If you hear the sirens go off in Wichita, you're in the projected path of the tornado. No more countywide siren activations in Sedgwick County. But in Joplin, it it was the case then. So they issued a tornado warning to the north of Joplin, and the sirens went off. Three minutes after they turned the sirens off, the National Weather Service issued a tornado warning for Joplin, But the emergency manager felt that, well, I just sounded the sirens, no need to sound them a second time. But the problem was the TV stations went on the air and said, yeah, the sirens are going off, but Joplin's not in a tornado warning. Mm. So by not sounding the sirens a second time, the people were misled into thinking there's no tornado warning for Joplin. The other problem was three times the National Weather Service stated in the tornado warning messages that the tornado was moving northeast when it formed over Riverton, Kansas, and moved east. Northeast would have taken the tornado north of Joplin. It would have completely missed Joplin. So when the people went on TV and radio and said, well, the tornado's moving to the northeast, everybody said, oh, no problem. And, of course, the tornado moved east, right across the heart of the city of Joplin, and tragically, 161 people were killed. And conservatively, probably we lost 100 souls that day uh, that would not have been lost had the warning system worked as it was designed to. As you are well aware, the what we've got today is a system where uh, the National Weather Service will issue a, a warning that is is very, very, as you were talking about, much more specific uh, yes. uh, sections of the county, uh, for right. instance. And it's, uh, it's a lot more accurate. That's just happened in the past few years, hasn't it? Yes, it has. And we have one of the better National Weather Service offices in the United States in Wichita, There are statistics on the quality of the warnings that are issued from office to office. And so I'm happy to say that we have a good National Weather Service office here in Wichita. There are some problems, though, with the tornado warning systems that have developed over the last 10 years. And I just had an article published in the Washington Post about that. Uh, That article talks about how across the country, 
the verification scores in tornado warnings have actually gone down during the last 10 years. And we've seen some of that here in Kansas. For example, the tornado that hit Eureka in 2017 was not pre-warned by the National Weather Service. Now, fortunately, Lisa Teachman, and I don't know about the other stations, but I do know that Lisa Teachman went on the air and told the people of Eureka, this storm could produce a tornado, but there was no official tornado warning when it hit. And I think we have a problem where the people of my age who have all that experience have retired and the younger generation of meteorologists perhaps is not as well trained as we were. And so across the country, we have seen a decrease in tornado warning uh, accuracy and that's a very troubling trend. Hmm, certainly is. You're listening to Issues 2021 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is meteorologist Mike Smith. I think we could do about four hours. We're going to have to. <laughs> yes, we could. <laughs> we could. I want to talk about uh, about uh, your career after you left uh, local TV. Uh, right. It appears to me that you you caught the entrepreneurial bug somewhere. <laughs> Tell us about weather data. Well, I caught the entrepreneurial bug from my father, grandfather, and uncle. All of them were entrepreneurs. My brothers uh, are entrepreneurs. My sisters worked in the family business. In our family, what you do when you grow up is you start a business. And I had all of this knowledge and desire to try to help people when it came to extreme weather, not just tornadoes, but ice storms, hurricanes. We were an international business. And so when I grew up, I knew I wanted to start a business eventually. And in 1981, I just I did just that. It was in the corner of the TV studio at Channel 3. Then we had our own building. Then we moved into the farm credit building. And now they're in the Ruffin building uh, in the, on the seventh floor of downtown Wichita. It was called Weather Data Incorporated. And our specialty was warning people of extreme weather. We also did newspaper weather for the Wichita Eagle and for newspapers across the country, all the way from Providence, Rhode Island, uh, to the Los Angeles Times and the San Francisco Examiner. I decided, though, to sell the newspaper business because, as, as people know, newspapers are not the viable business that they were 30 years ago. So we sold that, concentrated even more on the storm warnings. And one of the areas I found that needed storm warnings on a precision basis was railroads. Uh, They needed to know that a tornado or other bad storm was going to cross the track so they could keep their trains out of the area. And so we started that business with the Southern Pacific Railroad in 1987, and we grew to cover every large railroad in the United States, uh, two of the three large railroads in Canada, and one of the two large railroads in Mexico. We're truly an international business. And I just got a note from the retired vice president of the Kansas City Southern two weeks ago and who thanked me again for all of the storm warnings that prevented train derailments and saved millions and millions of dollars of damage and many lives. 
And Steve, if you don't mind, I'd like to tell you a little story about the Greensburg tornado. Okay, Greensburg, yeah. Like, go, yeah. Go, go. That, yeah. The, the Union Pacific Railroad goes through Greensburg. And, of course, they were one of our clients that night. And so we issued a tornado warning for the Union Pacific 40 minutes before the tornado crossed their track. Turns out that there were two trains in the area, one approaching Greensburg from the west, the other approaching from the east. And Union Pacific stopped both of those trains, and the train's crews could see the tornado pass between them, uh, illuminated by lightning. The trains were perfectly safe, and later... Union Pacific used their traffic management system to rerun the train traffic that night, only they took out our warning, and they found out that both of those trains would have been in Greensburg, one on a passing siding, one on the main line at the time of the tornado, but for our warning. So that would have caused $20 million in damage. It would have endangered the lives of the crew. And one of those trains, we believe, was carrying hazardous materials. Think how that would have complicated the rebuilding of Greensburg. And so that particular service saved lives. And we did a calculation, $1.2 billion in averted damage. Wow. Well, you know, and that's one of the things that uh, we hear promotionally-wise uh, that uh, – uh, weather people, uh, TV, we know we're, we potentially save lives. And I think a lot of people don't understand that that's something you take ter- seriously as a meteorologist, that you can save lives and, and, and damage. Absolutely. The tornado warning program across the United States has cut the death rate from tornadoes by 95%. Think about that. In a bad year, Without tornado warnings, we'd lose 2,500 people in the United States due to tornadoes. Now in a bad year, it's 100. The Mm. tornado warning system is a Nobel Prize-worthy achievement. And people really don't give it the credit it deserves. There are people who still worry about, well, you said it was going to be partly cloudy and 70 and it was overcast and we had a few sprinkles and it was 65. Okay. That, that does happen. But that's because the research of the last 30 years has been to figure out better ways to warn of tornadoes, better ways to warn of hurricanes, better ways to warn of heavy snow. All the research has been to improve the warning of extreme weather. We don't worry and maybe that maybe we should worry about it more, but we don't worry much about partly cloudy and 70. We want to have the best possible service when a tornado's bearing down on you. And now, Mike, with the, uh, with the social media, the apps on your cell phone and whatnot, it, it, it seems to me there's almost no excuse for somebody not to know that something's coming into their area. TV, radio, uh, there's a lot of coverage, a lot of opportunity for people to know that's coming, right? Yes, there is. But it it does concern me that there are still people who don't take the warning seriously. I was I mentioned a moment ago reading the story last week in the Joplin Globe, and there were people 
in spite of the fact that Tornado Watch had been issued four hours earlier, in spite of the fact that there was thunder, that the sky was incredibly dark and ominous, never occurred to them to turn on the radio, never occurred to them to turn on the TV. So it it, it, it bothers me that, that there's still a percent of the population who, even though you and I know the warnings are there, I don't know if they try to avoid them or they're just not tuned in. I'm not sure what the issue is. Um, I'm not sure we're ever going to get to 100% of the people, and I know we'll never prevent 100% of the deaths. But if there's any way through social science and social media that we can do a better job of getting to people, that would be great. But I will say one thing to our listeners. Get one of these apps on your phone that will let you know when there's a tornado watch, uh, when there's a tornado warning. Uh, Make sure that you're weather aware, especially this time of year. All right, Mike. Uh, I want to you know, obviously it's been a varied career, and I really didn't talk much about AccuWeather, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I just I talk more about that if you'd like, Steve. I, I'm running out of time. Oh, uh, sorry about uh, that. Briefly, AccuWeather is uh, something that you transitioned into, or, or yes, yeah, yes. In uh, after running my company as the sole owner for 25 years, the 3 a.m. phone calls were starting to get a little old. <laughs> Yeah. As you well know. Yeah. And so I decided in 2006 that uh, I would sell the company to AccuWeather. They're based in State College, Pennsylvania, but they have been very good to Wichita. They have hired many, many people. We've grown the business here, um, but we uh, were the store and are the storm warning uh, branch of AccuWeather. The most of the media is done in State College, Pennsylvania. The warnings of extreme weather are done in Wichita. And there is an incredibly talented staff of meteorologists here in Wichita issuing storm warnings literally all over the world. You, uh, your basic, you've done a lot of things, a lot of different things, Mike. What, what is your basic work philosophy? Oh, I'm not sure anyone's ever asked me that. I think... You've got to find someone, some some form of work that you are passionate about or that you enjoy, either one of those. And if you do that and if you commit yourself to being the best, and most of all, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you commit yourself to getting the best possible people, you'll be amazed how good those great people will make you look. And so... I always tried to bring great people into Wichita uh, to make these storm warnings and help save lives, and it ended up being a very, very rewarding career. How are you going to stay busy? I guess you're retired now. Is that official, a full retirement or part of retirement? Uh, Well, (laughs) I I have another book I'm working on. Uh, I tweet about storms at U.S. Weather Expert on Twitter. That's U.S. Weather Expert, all one. Uh, I also have a blog called the Mike Smith Enterprises blog. But I do a fair amount of writing. I mentioned the story in the Washington Post, the story you mentioned in the Wichita Eagle last month. Uh, I do quite a bit of writing, and I enjoy that because it helps 
me uh, still have an outlet for my creative urges, and it also, I hope, informs people about weather and related topics. I was uh, fortunate enough at another company to do some some business with you, as you remember. I got to tell you, yeah, uh, you, I, you struck me as being completely knowledgeable of everything you were going to do, and very, very professional. And I and I appreciated that. Sometimes we don't have that level of professionalism. And I, Mike, we're almost through, but I just want to tell you, it's been a pleasure uh, knowing you all these years and watching your career. And uh, good, uh, good to watch a, a, a highly trained professional in action. We appreciate it, sir. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Steve. Thank you. Okay. That's uh, Mike Smith, uh, uh, our meteorologist. Uh, Mike Smith with us this morning, and uh, we thank him for his time. And keep, yeah, keep your eyes and ears open when the weather looks bad. you you got all the chance to get, get the warning you need. That's all for this edition of Issues 2021. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.